No, the aggressive mask. Um, I think what I took certainly from the aggressive mask is that I think it's probably important, or I think yeah, I think it's important that we maybe teach those who have come, <coughs> who who come after us to um, learn to channel it in a direction where it will, it will make them obviously a bit more productive. I think there's um, it might be a generational thing where and um, people where it's kind of passed on from generation to generation where I think there's an example in the book where I think Ray Lewis I think his dad takes him um, a couple miles obviously or a couple well takes him basically out of the city to go visit his granddad mm. and then he asks his granddad as to why um, he wasn't there for him when he was younger then it made Ray Lewis understand obviously why his, his dad, dad wasn't there the for him he when is. he was younger yeah. as well yeah, so um, yeah it may be a generational thing I think it might be a thing that people need to preset or be very aware of when raising their children as to some of the um, things that take place obviously in the family home mm-hmm. that's cool. me cool I'll, I'll jump in and, and we'll get on to the invisible mask mm-hmm. no man is invincible that Invincible, not invisible. No man is invincible, and therefore no man can fully understand which would make him invincible. What happens to you when the feeling that nothing can go go wrong goes away? I don't know why I asked that before. <laughs> I had a reason. But... Right, so from page 155, Lewis House writes, But guys don't quit. Guys don't give in to fear. Guys push themselves a little past whatever is reasonable and safe. That's the lesson we're taught and when we're young. Have you felt pressure from others or yourself to push far- further or harder than what you might do to save face or impress others? That's either, either one felt of you. Pressure, felt pressure or what, sorry, French? Felt pressure? Um, mm. Felt pressure to... So say you're injured mm. and you're playing in the game. Mm-hmm. Have you felt pressure to play through the pain or keep doing something that you may not want it to do but because you don't want to lose face you're just you'll kind of keep at it um yeah sorry Mason are you going to answer that I was going to do you know what because I was before you even responded to my question back to you French asking you for clarification Mm. I was going to bring up the football thing when I was young when you're young as a kid you're supposed to enjoy football Mm. and anyone knows I think you guys might have played under some of my pops used to kind of coach a football team Mm -hmm. and like he was like an assistant manager but it was almost like he was, li- he was living through all the players. And because I was the coach's son, mm. I used to really get the thick end of it as well to the point where I think you boys were still playing and I left the team and joined another team. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember. I remember this one time where we had a five-a-side tournament and I think I, I received the ball and I kicked the ball against the player and it, it was a fluke or it rebounded straight in back into the back of the net. Yeah. Listen, my dad went mad at me so much so that a woman that was supporting her son another team had to come around and speak to him and he told her to do one as well because he, just, he said it's my son all I kept thinking for that match is when I get off this pitch I might get I actually might get murdered I might get butchered that's what I kept thinking but to feel that like to feel like that kind of pressure mm. and to play under that pressure as a kid and it's like this ain't no cup final for Arsenal do you know what I mean and the fact and I always felt like I was under whenever I played football for that team always felt like I was under severe pressure to make sure we won or I play- I particularly played well so there was no blame laid to me and it got to the point where sometimes I didn't want to play but I felt like I felt so much pressure that A, I had to play and B, mm. I had to play well and that wasn't a nice feeling um, in terms of continuing to do something even I don't want to do it there's loads of examples but it's more for my childhood because there's things now I know you have to do even though you don't like doing does mm. that make sense? I don't know if that um, the gardening 
or something like that. I, I don't like gardening, but I know it has to be done. Like maintaining the garden. It's mm. stuff like that. That when you're a child, I don't want to do it. I, yeah, I hate it. And I, but I, you feel pressured, you feel obliged to. Now, I still don't like doing it, but I know it has to be done. Hoovering the house has to be done. Washing the, like those things have to be done. They're, they're a bit, to me, they're a nuisance. Some people enjoy those kind of tasks. To me, they're a nuisance, but they have to be done. So, I mean, yeah, there is, there are occasions where, I f- this is the only example I can think of at the moment, but there are occasions where I feel like um, I've been pressured or kind of in a position where I have to continue. Mm. But sometimes you just have you, it, it just, something has to be that has to be done. Simple as that. Yeah. Okay. What about yourself, French? Is there anything that that springs to mind? Um, to save face, like I guess, yeah, going back to childhood, playing football, and you know you've got a knock. Like um, if you're going out for a tackle, you've been challenged or whatever, and like you know when they say, "Oh, hit him early, hit him hard," and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. If if I've been the receiver of that challenge. You can't. I'm under pressure not to say to show face because I know if I show any kind of weakness, so to speak, then I'm going to be getting it the whole game. So I have to maintain and under that pressure go through. But being it in terms of invincible, um, I remember when I was young, we used to do a lot of roller bathing on the road or whatever, whatnot. And you never think that you can get hurt. And and doing and stupidly when I was younger, we used to hang off the back of lorries and hold on. So so we was doing that, and um, one of the times that it happened, I fell and broke my collarbone or whatever. But even after that, I still felt inventable. But I couldn't show. But I remember when it happened. Literally, we, we was all on the back of the lorry, or whatever. I fell, and I broke my collarbone. But at the time, I didn't know I broke my collarbone. But I didn't cry at all. Like I literally was like. I'm in pain, I'm in pain. I just firmed it because they, they rolled with me back home, literally. And then um, as soon as I got into the door, just in tears, I was in tears, but I had to maintain that invincible mask until I got inside the door. So, yeah, in that regards, that's been um, one of my experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I'm sure there's many. I can't think of one, for example, but certainly as an adult, again, obviously can't think of an example, but I think there's... Um, definitely um, been times where you've had to kind of like plough on um, yeah, either to save face but I think sometimes um, I think sometimes maybe even the pressure obviously within yourself there I say where you know this needs to be done and you're at a, you're, you're at a point or certainly at a stage where you haven't been here before um, but you know you need to kind of plough on and push past this barrier in order to achieve your goal or achieve this or achieve that um, so I think I've definitely been through times and phases of that, probably in recent time, actually, if I'm honest. It's funny you said that, so I was going to go into the next question in regards to um, a statement that is made. And it's on page 165. Mm-hmm. And if you push yourself past what is reasonable often enough and long enough, well, you might just well be chasing down tigers and base jumping off skyscrapers because you overwork. Because you overwork can lead you to run the same risks do you think pushing past your limits is considered a sacrifice? A sacrifice to what? Um, whatever it may be that you're pushing. So, so basically, you know when you, you get these like bodybuilders that are really going at it and they're doing steroids and do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're sacrificing certain things so they can become champion or whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever goal that they may have. Yeah. So, yeah, in that regard, do you think pushing past your limits is considered a sacrifice? It dep- I, th- I think it depends on the person. So if if someone's 
you know that that old school saying are you re- willing to die for it or yeah. do you know what I mean maybe not to such an extent but if someone's really willing never to give up or this is all this means all to me this is life then I think they'll take that sacrifice whether it's a relationship mm. whether it's whether they've put all their money into a new business so they've they've barely got a roof over their head and sleeping on mates floors it depends on on the like the risk you might say or the sacrifice people are willing to make for what's important or the the bigger gain or the bigger or the bigger goal or the bigger sense of achievement for them mm. so i think that's that's the kind of the the kind of way off how how you how, well how i look at it anyway cool what about you p um I'm going to say it probably depends who you are as a person, really. I mean, with ultimately, obviously, what I want in life, I think in order for me to achieve those things, I'm going to have to push myself beyond where I've been before. So do I look at it as a sacrifice? I don't I don't, I don't think I look at it as a sacrifice. I mean, maybe class is one, but I'm, I, I would question that. I'd probably use a different word. Um, what word? I'm not too sure. I wouldn't know what to replace it with, but I don't think it's a sacrifice. Sacrifice in my eyes would be, okay, I'm not going to go out this day of the week in order to do this or do that, or I'm not going to see my friends on this day because I'm going to dedicate enough time to improve my craft here or there. But in terms of pushing myself past the boundary, no, I think that's, um, I don't know what, I don't know how I'd, I'd label it, but I don't think it's a sacrifice, no. Cool. Um, we think we can just keep burning the candle at both ends because, well, nothing can stop us. And then we wonder why our friends and family have forgotten who we are. We can choose not to sleep and take pills and push ourselves to the breaking point, and then we wonder why we haven't short, why we have short temper and tired all the time. What do you think is behind the drive for men to go so hard, in general? Who says women don't go so hard as well? I never said that they don't, but we're talking about men. Mm. <laughs> um, personal personal point of view. Mm. So the way, because you guys know anyway that I've got two. To um two jobs, mm-hmm. should we say? So and I think one of the and people will say, oh why like just you've got one like okay job or decent job like why the need for that second job whatever? And I'm just like, do you know well a I'm just used to it now. It's mm-hmm. just the point where actually I've been doing it for so long. It's just normal to me. What what your your normal or my normal are different. Mm-hmm. That's your normal. This is my normal. Mm-hmm. But B, I think like and I mentioned this before. Growing up. I very much grew up in a household where whenever there were any arguments or any fights, and I think I might have mentioned this before, but any arguments, any fights, when you boil down to the root cause of those arguments or fights, it came down to money. Mm. And I think even from a young age, I thought to myself, look, like one thing, I don't ever want to be in a position or in a relationship where I feel like I'm really, really struggling at my wits end or in a position whereby... I'm arguing with someone I'm with over money and lack of and I, and that's probably one of the reasons why or I was very it's one of the reasons why I'm very content by myself because I know by myself I can look after them I can look after myself mm-hmm. if I bring someone else onto the table bring someone else on board it's like I'm looking after two people and obviously eventually a family or whatever but I know that's why by myself I always find a way to make sure I'm okay and I think that's um, I think that's one of the reasons that I kind of go out and I'll I'll do I'll work two jobs to make sure there's not a lack of money on my part or I can I don't have to kind of worry or struggle about struggle with the fear of not being able to do something I want to do because of the lack of resources mm-hmm. so that that's my point I can't remember your question but I know it's relevant <laughs> yeah cool what was, what was your question? I, think I mean, well, what's the drive for Ben to go so hard? Uh, and then yeah and the other thing is it depends there's, 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 it depends on 
some people some people have say for instance your father was a tremendous athlete so you got some footballers whose sons follow them on and become yeah. footballers sometimes there's a drive to be to be just as good because your your, your dad was a legend I, for some reason that strings from my, what springs to mind is I'm Peter and Kasper Schmeichel at the moment yeah. there's others but Kasper Schmeichel for me is a top goalie Peter Schmeichel is one of my all time favourite goalkeepers and it's because when I was growing up when I first got into Premier League in the Premier League era Peter Schmeichel was probably in the team of the 90s do you know what I mean if you look at the 90s as a whole if you're into football if you look at the 90s as a whole Peter Schmeichel for me has to be the goalkeeper he's, he's one of the greatest and I remember I just remember like when I was when I used to watch Man United I used to think how can anyone score past his goalkeeper like he's like they used to call him the Great Dane mm. and you've got Casper that comes through how like Peter's won all them titles as Casper comes through he's always going to be his father's son his father Peter's always going to love him he could have been playing for Gillingham for this whole career Peter's going to love him but Casper's like I want to be like that was my dad that done that. I want to be just like my dad so that could be a drive mm. yeah, yeah, it, it could be a drive that That's you want a, yeah a personal one yeah, yeah it yeah, could yeah, be the definitely. drive that you might be quite um what's the word what's the, what's the, what's the word where you don't see beyond just uh, what's like the beauty in front of you or something like just to be nothing beyond there's a word for it sh- sh- not um sh- 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 like sh- what's chivalry that's yeah, that's, um, that's, totally that's different there's yeah. a word for it anyway where it might be that you just want the hottest woman in your arm so you want to you're going to drive to get that Lamborghini and mm-hmm. then you can have the and I think that's what it boils down to as well like uh, having again because I think we've touched on the material most but having those materials as well that's in today's society anyway mm-hmm. we'll see in in previous societies I think in general it was they we go so hard to have those that entitlement to I don't know choose what we eat today or blah 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 do you know what I mean so a lot of it could could we base it down to power like that's part of the drive I think it's a wide range of wide range of things I mean for myself um, well not necessarily for myself I think it's pressure from all different angles I think everybody's different I mean we spoke about social media obviously a little bit earlier today so at this moment in time a lot of the world are in tune with social media so mm. when you see the stuff on social media or the things people have then people generally want those things and they feel the need to aspire or to be on, on par with these people um, so people find the pressure where they'll go out to do anything to go get these things whereas um, I'll speak about myself because I, I can only speak on myself um, or about myself um, whereas the pressures I find are not necessarily from the things I necessarily see but from the from the obviously from the goals I set but I think um, from the things I generally want from life I think I've wanted these things for many many a moon so I'm 33 years of age I want to say I've wanted these things for minimum 15 years so these are things that drive me to um, push myself beyond boundaries I think that's the question obviously within the invincible uh, mask which you just mentioned mm-hmm. um, yeah so these are things that drive me beyond going to going beyond where I've been before and why I, I, I have a lot of drive to whether it's to work a lot of hours or to do this or to do that or have like big conversations or conversation with yourself as to where I am what I need to be doing and stuff like that so they're the pressures I personally feel myself but I think there's loads of different external factors which contribute to why people men go as hard as they do really yeah mm-hmm. I think men have always been seen um, I'm going to say unfortunately um, as the breadwinners as such I know things are changing now for the good I'm going to say but um, with that being a mantle that men have carried I think men have always felt a pressure to go out and go get this yeah, nice whether it's spot. legal or illegal <laughs> what, what drives you French? what drives you to get up in the morning and go you know what I mean? My my okay. goals, my goals, man, mm. my goals, the goals that I set myself. That's my drive. Like 
I'm not going to go into them, but yeah, that's what gets me up every day is making sure that I achieve my my goals and my potential. I think that was a question we had a, we, we spoke about before, like what do you fear most? And it's like not to succeed, not just not to succeed, but not to fulfil the potential that you have. Mm-hmm. So that's what drives me personally. Um, moving on, because I know we've got a bit to get through, so I don't want to go into every single excerpt that I've put down, but I'll just run through a couple. Um, on page 168, it's important to remember that, that you are mortal and that you have needs to, sl- to you have needs like sleep, healthy food, family, friends and community, and that they can be ignored for only so long before ignoring them bites you in the arse. On page 170, you ask, ask yourself if you're doing something because you need to do it or if you're doing it because you believe that you're Superman or that you can't get hurt and bragging rights are worth the risk. And one, the, one thing that I did find interesting, um, it's also on page 170, there you mentioned that there were interesting practices Roman generals carried out, which was called the Memento Mori. At the moment, on that chariot, at the most incredible point of the general the general's life there was a slave standing behind him whispering honey men the memento remember you're only a man there was a purpose for this a general praise and fawn over like that might forget he was the only he was only human being he might become so arrogant and so dismissive and so full of himself that he would risk ruining himself i thought that was just that was interesting um he goes on to mention what we can do right now for for the men and ask yourself questions such as what is valuable about me? What do I value about my life? What risky activity activities do I regularly engage in? What am I looking for in these activities? And can I get those things elsewhere? Um, again, each chapter, Lewis House puts um, what women can also do. Mm-hmm. And for the first point, I'm not going to go into all of them, but for the first point, he does mention the next time you notice his invinci- invincible masks, let him know how important he is to you and your family and friends and tell him that you don't want to be at his funeral. Um, is there anything you guys want to add in regards to the Invincible Mosque? Um, no, not really. I think you touched on, mm-hmm. touched on a bit. I think there's a bit more in there, but you haven't touched on it. No, there is a bit more, but as I said, we've got quite a bit to get through in yeah. each other mask. Um, the next one, the Know-It-All Mask. Is that something you wanted to touch on? No, I, I like the Alpha Mask. Yeah? Yeah. But um, we can talk about the Joker mask as well. Yeah, cool. Um, well, the note. We'll, we'll start off on the know it all mask. It's what you learn after you know that it, that it all counts. John John Wooden, page one one seven five. Answers answer. Two ears, one mouth. If everybody listened twice as much as they spoke, I just I just have to think that it'd be a lot less noisy. And if you know what that. And if you know that only get, if you know that only got got to say half of what you normally say, you'll be more circumspect about what comes out of your head. That's just maths. Two ears, one mouth. When in doubt, shut up. Um, have you ever worn the know-it-all mask at all, either one of you? Um, I'm sure I have. Um, I'm sure I have because I think we've all. I'm going to say I think we've all been there at some point. Yeah, I um, definitely agree with that. In regards to myself, or no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I've been in situations and I've I've probably been perceived as saying I know it all. Yeah, definitely worn it's, that mask. It's funny that actually in re- in recent time, um, I want to say a couple of days ago, 
I was um oh I was driving somewhere. It has nothing to do with me driving actually. I don't know why I mentioned that. And um <laughs> cool. I was driving. Um I was driving and I was thinking um I need to be very, very careful in terms of sometimes thinking I do know it all. Because I'm experienced in a field, it doesn't mean I actually know it all. Um and it'd be very, very good to to listen to other people's opinions and stuff like that. I think it was following the shoot um that we did obviously the football shoot really um the football shoot I did and recently where I think I actually started asking the players questions as to what is it you want? Because right, ultimately, because no, ultimately, it's you that's gonna um, gonna be on the camera and all that type of stuff. So, what is it? What would you like for this to look a little bit better? Is there anything you want me to work on, or anything you want me to do that's going to make you a little bit better on camera and stuff like that? Um, so, it's things such as that, and generally, obviously, just being in positions where you're probably speaking to someone. Um, who may know just as much as you and because oh you mentioned before in terms of me being angry whereas before whereas i'm telling you i'm I'm passionate i'm passionate and i may be in situations i thought to myself you know what Uh, maybe i should rein in that passion and actually maybe um allow people to maybe step forward a little bit more and feel comfortable in terms of giving their ideas and giving their thoughts So it's funny you say that because actually because that, that awkward silence there it does talk about that and exactly <laughs> you were just talking about yeah. so no, it no. speaks about stuff such as um, filling quiet moments sometimes people feel the need to fill quiet moments when yeah, there's no need for that I don't do that at all um, and then there's also um, cringe moments and then there's also sometimes if you don't know the answer you just don't know the answer yeah. where some people feel the need to answer every single question yeah. um, with, annoying, with, with any and anything if you don't know the answer to something just say you don't know the answer I think these are things that I think I've learned um, as I've gone along, it's funny you say that because quiet moments and certainly cringe moments. So, what mask are we doing? We're doing no, the no, no, no. The reason why I say so because obviously, you know, we spoke about dating and stuff like that. There's times when I've been in, um, there's been quiet moments mm. when you feel the need to um, speak and fill a moment when there's no need for that, mm. and also there's been cringe moments as well. I think we've all been there at some stage, and I'm going to say maybe some of those experiences maybe have maybe led to actually I don't need to feel the silence, <laughs> <laughs> or I'd rather not go through this cringe moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's me, really. Mm. Um, I'm trying to. I was just trying to sit here and think about um, times where I've been the know-it-all, but I was sitting here and listening because I've got two ears and one mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. We all, we all have been there. And I don't know. Sometimes because I, when I re- when I read through this this chapter, I was like, okay, I agree with a lot of points in there. But sometimes actually, there is a, a, a difference between being a know-it-all and maybe speaking a lot, but or being passionate about your subject, yeah, like, or the topic you're speaking on. So sometimes you might have a lot of knowledge, and you might be not to say you can't still learn because there's something further on. I think in this particular mask where they talk about, um, I can't remember who the guy is, but it's a really wise man who always said, "I know nothing" or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. If, I, I know Socrates. nothing. Yeah, Socrates, I, I know nothing or something like that. So, but um, yeah, I think we've all been there where. We speak, we speak, we speak. We think we know something. We know all about a subject, and actually, we're proven wrong. We we we, we can always learn, basically. And yeah. I, yeah, we can always learn. Is, is what I'm trying to get at. Have you ever won that master? What the know all? Yeah. As I said, there's a difference between knowing it all and being passionate about a subject. So maybe I can be over. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> be be exhilarated. <laughs> Have you ever? Um, spoke on something that you're not you've got no uh, idea about yeah and what happens is I just end up running away and it happens you know what happens to me Mm. job interviews okay not that I don't know what I'm talking about but I feel the need to I start speaking and I I don't just I just don't I just start rambling and think I have to just speak and speak and speak and at the end of it I'm like I could have just said three points and shut up Mm. 
that's when it happens to me and it's nerves yeah fair enough cool um Sorry, guys. Just going through my notes. It's, right. it's not an awkward silence. Sorry, I'll, I'll just <laughs> Sorry, you know, actually, it's funny. On the know-it-all thing, I think in recent time, and I might have mentioned this, um, whether to you individually or as a group, I feel, and I've said this before, where I think the younger generation, I think this happens with all generations, really, where um, obviously they may acquire different knowledge and different skill sets to the generation who have come before them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel in particular, maybe with the generation now slightly um, younger than us or lower than us, I feel now we're entering um, a day and an age, obviously, where te- technology is is really, really important. I feel, and I've always said that, I feel there's going to be a, a, a load and a bunch of new millionaires who kind of like um, soar, to the, soar to the surface. And I've like kind of... Um, there's someone who... I've had interaction obviously with really recently um, to which obviously he does trading he's done stuff on YouTube and stuff like that and sometimes when he's speaking to me not that I mean he shows signs of immaturity is a very wrong it's definitely the wrong word he shows signs of inexperience in some of the stuff that he's done or doing or some of the stuff that we're going to do as such but whereas some of the stuff that he's going to achieve he speaks a lot of um, um, not necessarily I'm not going to say necessarily wisdom but he says things which um which really tweak my ears, really tweak my ears and take me to places where I've never been before in terms of maybe thinking and ideas. I mean, I feel that um, I'm very good with technology, but with some of the stuff he has said, with some of the stuff he has said and some of the stuff he has taught me, I feel, um, I don't know, dare I say maybe a new lease of life that makes any sense. Yeah, it's telling you something you don't know or you yeah, might of not be aware of. Of course, of course. But I mean, in regards to maybe a note or and stuff like that, because he's, I'm going to say minimum 10, maybe potentially even 15 years younger than me, you would think obviously, well, some people uh, may have, well, take a stance that, what do you know as such? Mm, but yeah. obviously I've decided to open my ears. There were things he was telling me today, I couldn't be, believe, but I had to open my ears maybe a little bit, little bit more and told him, you know what, can you repeat that again? And so on and so forth. Almost they were like a student and a teacher. So. Yeah. Um, I was just looking through my notes and I just it's 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 a lot of it is statements rather than questions now if there's anything that you want to I know because you made notes on it as well I believe um, the know it all mask no no the the alpha male okay okay cool Um, I mean I'll I'll read out a couple statements if there's anything you want to jump in on it then feel free okay cool um, every person you meet is better than you at something and you should make sure you learn from them this is a trait at the core of the smartest people I know and that's point 191 quickly if just before we go any further I think there was, I, I noted down mansplaining that's on page 190 yeah, yeah. man what? Yeah, mansplaining I just wanted to touch on that briefly because yeah, yeah, I, I did yeah. find that funny yeah. is it possible for you to get it up because I didn't yeah, write it all down So one night. Ah. So mansplaining, the idea behind it is that it's when a man who is often less qualified than a woman, than the woman he's talking to, explains something to a woman in a condescending way. So like it could be something like, I understand, darling, but it's, it's just using like like condescending terms like honey, you know. And it's not his <laughs> other half. Um, the term, yeah, the term absolutely nails something women have been putting up with for centuries. Like someone called Lauren Bates, the, the book goes on to mention. Um, she works for the Guardian. 
and just an extract from what she said being corrected by less qualified men is a phenomenon reported by many women particularly those with expertise in a male dominated area so football's another one that yeah yeah um at the ever at, at the everyday sexism project we're heard from we're, we've heard from an IT worker whose less experienced male colleagues outlined basic computer functions to her in meetings an engineer who had a, a, a man try to explain solar panels to her and a woman who dealt with a customer slowly spelling out her own company policies to her what's called her honey you ever been guilty of doing that? nah <laughs> no, I'm not that um, arrogant I don't think I'm arrogant like that. Um, I've seen it I've yeah. seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely seen it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely it's seen definitely it. Definitely not nice. I was even out. So, even, so the industry, sort of, the industry I work with, I work in, is like kind of construction and housing. Mm. And I was out at um, a new build site earlier last week, and I actually went out just to grasp another project. It's different, slightly different from the own I'm working on. And I actually went out with two of the kind of project managers who have been managing the delivery of that scheme. And one of them's a man, one's a woman. So we split up. So the man went into one core, one block, and I went with the lady from my workplace to another block. And we went with like um, we went with the um, site manager just to have a look at, how, just to see how the properties were coming along. And bear in mind, it's the first time I've been to this project, and the the person I was with, the lady, she'd been there numerous times, site meetings. He was just not to be horrible, but listening to me and explaining stuff to me that had been yeah, that, that yeah. had been done in the property yeah. and I, it's the first time I've been there that had been done in the properties like obviously they, they, so they, they'd um, gone through and put like um, snagged the properties they call it is the technical term whereby the properties are ready to ha- are pretty much ready to hand over a complete and they're just making a list of what's left to be done and then they've gone back to we'd come back the following week to see if those things have been ticked off and done mm-hmm. yeah. but he was going over the snag list with me it's mm-hmm. the first time I've ever been there and I'm just shadowing yeah and I, I was like, I didn't say anything at the time, but I thought, mm, this is in yeah, my it's head. One of those it's one of those where yeah. male dominant industry, the man will know what he's doing. I felt, I just felt, it felt a bit uncomfortable for me. I don't know how, if the other person even noticed, but yeah. it felt uncomfortable for myself. Okay. Um, again, it's, not to kind of push through these uh, masks too fast, but there wasn't much else to yeah yeah to okay. go into. Um, Alpha mask. Mm-hmm. 